another bad day, dark feelings are back, assaulting your heart with a panic attack. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Andy's Man Club podcast. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for all your support that we've had for the last couple of weeks with the um, the pods that we've already put out there. It's great to see so many listens and comments and feedback. Always love um, to see what everybody's comments are and, and see how they're getting on with those podcasts. We've got another fantastic guest today. So without further ado, as we always do within our Andy's Man Club sessions, we normally start with a what's your name and a positive reason for being here. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you Mark Williams. Mark, how are you doing? Hi, you okay, Andy? You okay? Very well, pal. Thank you. Very well. Um, so, obviously, we know who you are now, but tell us a little bit of the reason why yourself and, uh, you know, have come on the Andy's Man Club podcast and the, the sort of things that you are involved with um, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, from a lived experience, uh, nearly 17 years ago now, witnessing my wife uh, go for birth trauma and obviously severe post-depression. And as a father, you know, it would, I really struggled with my mental health. And I didn't know at the time I had an undiagnosed disorder called ADHD, which is, you know, I'm 47 now. So being diagnosed at 40, obviously, it was a big shock, you know. So so there's, um, so there's yeah, it was, it was various reasons why I got into this field, obviously. But yeah, I've been, I've been working in mental health for about 13, 14 years now. and um, But I actually been doing work in fathers for around about uh, 11, 12 years. So um, set up a support group and uh, only for fathers with their partners with post-depression. Well, what we were finding... A lot of mums used to phone us up and say, you know, I'm fine, but my husband is struggling and that's impacting on my mental health and our relationship. And everything, when you think about post-depression, when it comes to mothers, there's not one that dads can't experience too. So it's about breaking the stigma, explaining, because it's always been associated with hormones. Well, there's a hormone change in fathers, but it's very much, you know, thoughts not good enough, come born with baby, various reasons, which I can explain later on as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really important subject for us to cover. Um, it's certainly something that I can relate to. Obviously, my little boy now is seven. Um, but I remember just after he was born, obviously, the pressure ramped straight up. The you know expectation of you as a father ramped straight up. And then, you know, things like fathers being expected to go back to work after two weeks off and, and, and things like that, having to work, having to do all these different things and still be involved as a father with little or no sleep, all these other things, it, it just creates such a, a difficult time for parents, doesn't it? Especially dads, I think, within the, uh, you know, the expectations that are on them. Absolutely. And what's uh, shocking is, unfortunately, because there's no screening and, and support for new dads, um, what happens is the fathers end up in, in crisis-type teams sometimes after the postnatal period, really. You know, lack of sleep, severe lack of sleep can cause psychosis, you know on its own you know so there's various reasons why fathers can struggle during this time you're not just looking after yourself now you're looking after a little baby as well as your relationship can change with your partner as well you know so yeah it's about educating people about uh in witnessing trauma birth trauma now pdsd is an anxiety disorder either witnessing or experiencing a life-threatening event you know Andy. so and i've worked in security to witness horrific things in my life still to this day Nothing worse thinking your wife and baby's going to die in front of you as well, you know, and it had a massive impact on my own mental health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, something that I went through as well, obviously, um, we've only got the one son, but it was our second pregnancy. Uh, obviously, the first pregnancy, um, you know, we had a miscarriage in there. And I remember going through the whole nine months of the second pregnancy, for want of a better phrase, shitting myself thinking, what happens if this happens again? What happens if this happens again? Fortunately, touch wood, obviously, I've, I've now got a healthy, happy seven-year-old boy, but going through that whole period, like you say, was was it was a nightmare, and I was I was permanently on edge. 
Absolutely. This is the thing, Anthony, it's anxiety or, um, as you know, high stress leads to anxiety, depression. And as we know, uh, the biggest killer under 45, you know, is in the UK is suicide. And a lot of people, the research I've found as well, it's actually high risk of suicide in the perinatal period for dads as well. Because what happens is, like I mentioned with mums for years ago, they weren't picked up, they were in services. And that's what's happened with fathers, unfortunately. They go into mental health services and they don't actually get the root of the cause why it's happened sometimes. So this is great what I'm actually talking to today because trying to raise awareness. And, and I'm working with uh, Dr. Jane Hanley for the last 10 years. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm speaking to the parents. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to have a, have a good knowledge. Still learning. That's the thing about mental health. I'm still learning. I'll never know everything about mental health, you know, um, I'm, but I'm always keen to learn off other people as well. Definitely, definitely. And you said you were keen to learn off other people, obviously, you know, pointing out your accent there, we were talking just before we came on air there. You're aware of the clubs that we've got running in and around the area, aren't you? You've, you've sort of um, dabbled into those and gone and seen what Andy's Man Club can offer to the dads and things like that that you can refer to. What was your experience like of going to an AMC, first of all, if you don't mind me asking? No, no, I, I, uh, I remember they only had three. I think Luke had uh, started uh, with three clubs, one in Puff, uh, Bridgen first, one in Bluefield. And I was like, Andy Mansler, what's this all about? And uh, I think it was 2016, I was, I think, around that time. And, uh, and I've seen it grow, and it's been absolutely amazing what you guys are doing. But I actually um, went to one in Puff Core with Pete, and uh, unfortunately, my wife was unwell um, about two years ago. And... Uh, yeah, it was it was great because I, I could actually go to the club and just talk and uh, I, I like the structure of the club and, and way it just felt really at ease, you know. So um, and then I was doing some work in Manchester and then obviously what knowing Dan Rowe when we met up and um, I went to the Manchester club as well. And yeah, it was huge. The Manchester club was really big as well, wasn't it? You know, it's yeah, yeah. just having a conversation. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was, oh gosh, you know. Promote I love to see everywhere, every place have an Andy Man's club, you know. Well, Definitely. it's certainly something that, that we're wanting to to push. Obviously, you've touched on the Porth Call Club there. We've obviously now got another one in the area as well, in the Ronda Valley. Um, you know, with you touching on the Manchester one there, I remember being at the opening of the Manchester one and sort of expecting, you know, I'd be sort of semi-popular. This is a nice big city. We might get sort of 12, 13 lads in. And I remember the first night, I think we had something in the region of 28 lads walk through the door. It was just almost like open the door at one, two, three. They just kept coming in and coming in and it was like, wow. Um, but again, that just shows the power of what talking can do and the fact that guys need a place to be able to go and speak and guys need to be able to go somewhere like, obviously, you spoke as well about your own um, support group that you got set up for the dads as well, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, I, well unfortunately, um, it lasted three years. I passed over to another charity. I went down more changing the policies then, you know, campaigning, um, trying to get, which we have changed policies, long-term plans, NHS and uh, especially Wales. So I'm more of a uh, policy, not just at UK, uh, trying to change the World Health Organization now to, to acknowledge the fact that fathers, paternal mental health, they call it, uh, can suffer as well. So that's coming really close and obviously set them in the National Father's Mental Health Day, and uh, which is always a day after Father's Day, uh, June the 21st this year. So it, it's not just a UK concern, it's a global concern when it comes to fathers, um, uh, especially perinatal mental health. And uh, I, I think it's good that you set one up in Porth as well, because I'm from the Valley community, you know, my father's of mine and my grandfather mine has very much, uh, you know, we've got a problem, let's go down the pub sort of thing. And yeah. I, you know, I, I struggled for years until I actually had a breakthrough, breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I wish it was an Andy Man stuff at, around at the time as well for me, you know, but uh, it's such an area that, you know, in the valleys, you know, I'm not going to say some, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of people struggling with their mental health for various reasons. So it's, it's great that both have actually uh, gone there as well. Brilliant. That, that's going from strength to strength as well. Uh, obviously, Kyle, the guy that's uh, that's involved down there and the, the team that he's got with him, um, they're, they're, they're tireless down there. So, yeah, I'm sure it won't be too long before we've got other clubs popping up in the area as well. You spoke there about the change of policies um, that you've gone through. I know that obviously you've visited Parliament, you've visited Downing Street and various different things on that journey as well, haven't you? So do you want to tell us a little bit about how those sort of things came about and you know, getting out to raise awareness in those areas, which obviously, as we know, are vital? Yeah, absolutely. We're aiming for an all-party parliamentary group now. There's one with uh, Future Men. So they, they, uh, I did a policy, um, I did a report during lockdown and all the five-year, uh, well, 10-year evidence, really. Um, so all the research evidence, the science, everything that uh, we know about fathers um, is actually in a, in a document now, in a report. And there's something tangible and then we can give the policymakers and, and obviously uh, nice guidelines, even nice guidelines, the pathway, there's nothing on fathers on a CG1 and two nice guidelines. So uh, I'm proud to say that uh, we've actually created a pathway as well. And um, so we can get a proper pathway for the fathers to get that uh, support. You know, like you said, some dads just need that, um, have a chat. Um, I know there's other fathers feeling like that, and it's enough. You don't see him again. But then, obviously, in the work I've done over the years, I've had to break confidentiality where the, the fathers had actually made plans to take their lives as well. And, you know, so I'm coming from Bridgend, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I, um, I'm actually a youth worker originally from the 2006, silly youth worker. I was out with them last night. And because um, our youth club helped me as a child, because I didn't know in school, I had a lot of low self esteem. I was very hyperactive. I'm still hyperactive now. I'm 47 next, you know, and even. Uh, but, um, you know, certainly I, I didn't have good self-esteem. So the youth club helped me to, and uh, youth work. So I've gone back and, and um, the reason I mentioned that is because unfortunately in Bridgend in 2007, 2008, there was a lot of young suicides were taking their lives. And that was the reason why I got into mental health. I started going on suicide assist courses, you know, mental health courses, and I had an interest in mental health. So, you know, it, um, it worked, um, you know, unfortunately some bad came out and, and we've got to break the stigma on suicide as well because it did affect our community as well yeah definitely like I, said, I think it was uh it was well documented that wasn't it and it was it was you know great that obviously Andy's man club were able to go into the area as early as we were able to and that that's you know it's been a consistent south wales has obviously been an area that has had a lot of um attention as far as suicide is concerned and it's it's definitely an area that we want to be looking into and and, and to be building as as stronger links in communities as we possibly can do so yeah it's great to see that obviously we've got such support in those areas and and fantastic to move on forward with um just before we move on to the little andy's man club session that we've got um just to touch on you know the experience that you had obviously i know that you were aware of andy's man club and things like that from walking through the door obviously something that we tried to speak to a lot of guys about and obviously from yourself with fathers especially how difficult do you think it was to actually be able to walk up to somewhere like that? Obviously, I know you had a background in mental health and things like that, but how did you find it actually walking through the door? Did you have to sort of click up a bit of courage in the car park? Did you have to have a little bit of a, you're like, come on, chin up, chest out, come on, off we go. What, what was that experience like for you actually walking through the doors of a club? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think um, for me personally, because obviously I knew, I knew Pete, obviously, and, uh, and uh, I remember, I remember the gen- it was a gentleman actually, wasn't going to go into the club and you know we had a chat uh we had a chat outside and stuff and we actually went in together and then he met the group and and then oh he, i remember going to the second uh second uh, group session and he was there and yeah he's really offloaded and i could see the benefit from a second group 
Um, he just felt, like I said, you know, we express all these feelings and it's like a genie bottle and it all comes out then. Um, so that's what I've seen with Andy Club. Obviously, the way um, the, the guys were talking. But yeah, it's, it is hard, you know, going for the door, first of all. Like I, and, but once, what I will say is once you do go for a door, it's, yeah, it, it, was, it was great. I, and even, you know, running support groups and be, working in the field, I got a lot out of it myself. You know, I, I, could, I couldn't talk. Even today, you know, my wife was struggling. I couldn't tell my wife I was I was feeling as well. I didn't want to impact on her mental health. So it was great to go to a place where I could talk to other people and about these words similar and had empathy as well and understanding as well, which is good. It's a, it's a big myth of men don't talk. You know, when you get them in a safe place like that and and, and, and people who got empathy and understanding, they will talk. And as you know yourselves, they will talk, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah. We say quite a lot that, you know, that there is this, you know, stigma around men talking. They say men don't talk unless they're given a platform to do so. If given a platform to do so and, you know, many people listening to this podcast will have heard similar stories to this because I'm sure that a lot of the guys that are listening to this and a lot of people are either friends or family members or colleagues or people that have gone that have sort of said, oh, well, this is what I go for on a Monday night sort of thing. But the amount of stories that we get from guys that have either said, well, I drove past three times. I've, I've told my missus I've been the last three weeks and it's been great and I've not actually had the courage to step through the door. Who then make it through the door and, you know, the, the strides that they make, as you said, are, are phenomenal. Yeah, We've had brilliant it is, honestly. I'm not just saying it, uh, Andy, honestly. I, and I, that, that's why I'm so happy to do the podcast today because a lot of fathers may not experience, understand, you know, especially new dads, you know, having a new baby because some of the figures, you won't believe it, you know, one in 10 dads actually suffer from post-depression. Um, that's the least, once we guess, that, that was one in 10 for years for mums, but once you start screening and assessing dads better, we'll find a lot higher. And some of the reports recently have said, you know, 39% of uh, new dads want the support for their mental health, 34% are not with their child full-time. We got you know, 50% chance of having depression, go through depression, say, if your partner's got post-depression as well. So, you know, these are really high figures. And in COVID, we've seen it even increase, but... We've seen a lot of good benefits with COVID as well, with, with um, fathers being home and they can bond yeah. and have a skin to skin. Yeah. So if there's any new dads watching today, skin to skin actually releases oxytocin, which is good for dad and the baby as well. So the more you engage, the better, you know, skin to skin. Always remember it's good for dad and the baby. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I can certainly remember when my little lad was tiny. I used to love those times. It, I, I'm almost getting that little warm feeling inside me now that I used to get when we, you know, just used to cuddle up to him and he'd fall asleep on me or whatever. It was great. Just what sort of stuck out to me then with the, the figures you were talking about there, Matt, was that's the figures of men that are actually willing to come forward and speak, that are willing to come forward and say to their doctor or somebody else that this is what they're going through it's likely that those figures are actually much higher, isn't it? Because of this stigma around men talking. We've already talked about the pressures on fathers, you know, the expectation, the lack of sleep, everything else like that that's going on. They don't want to be perceived as weak, especially if they're trying to be a pillar of strength for the missus who might be going through whatever, you know, postnatal depression. Obviously, there might be medical issues after birth and all those sort of different things. I miscarried what you just said, Andy. What you got, you know, what, you know, what you said now as well as, you know, men not even asked them about their mental health and they've gone for that as well, you know. Sorry, uh, you're right, yeah. Sorry yeah. interrupted there. Over talking. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting point because obviously the whole thing that we're, you know, ourselves and yourself obviously are trying to produce, try to promote is if you're having an issue, go and speak to somebody about it. You know, there are things like you've just said that are, that are changing at a governmental level and, and all these different type of things to get these type of things recognised, you know, and 
it, 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 those stigmas just need to be blown away and, and Andy, Andy, my work's never been about taking attention away from my map, never has been. No, but we've got to understand that dads, um, some dads undiagnosed bipolar, schizophrenia, you know, uh, ADHD, ASD, you know, and they self-managing that, and then the baby comes on, lack of sleep, and they witness a both trauma, then financial costs, then they got to stay home, you know, overwhelmed, loneliness. I've never felt so lonely in the first year of fatherhood, and I'm so laid back. Uh, I remember punching the sofa and busting my hand. I, I was even starting fights with bouncers because when, when I did manage to get with my friends for the first time ever, because when somebody was hitting me, it was like a form of self-harm. So we've yeah. got to look at personality changes in fathers. You know, are you more overwhelmed? Are you, are you avoiding situations? Are you, you know, you know even BMI rates is higher in, in far, new fathers than non-fathers as well. So there's loads of reasons why fathers can struggle in the postnatal period, which is the first year after, after the baby's been born. So the only way I describe my friends is if it was no pregnancy or baby, I would add suicidal thoughts in the postnatal period. So it's, a, it's that, you know, that more or less uh, a simple way of, of putting it. Because you can imagine the stigma. I remember when I first started, how come men have postnatal depression? Because they always associate it with the hormones. There's no real evidence that says any doctor or professor in this field will tell you there's no really strong evidence that says that. It's mostly called the baby blues sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, anxiety, depression, obviously, you know, it's, yeah, as, as we both know ourselves, it can, it can impact on anyone, as we know. Definitely. I think it was really key what you said right back at the beginning of what you said there as well, that it's never been about taking away from the mothers because, you know, obviously they've been through physical, you know, really hard, as we're fully aware. I think something that's key for me within that is if, as a dad, if you're struggling, go and tell somebody because then you can be there more for the missus. You can make sure that you're able to, get up with the baby, you're able to do these things that maybe take the little bit of the responsibility off her because you've got the support as well. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, you breastfeed everything. So if, if the father is uh, well um, or have been supported, he's more likely to read, sing and have that play, which is really important in the child's development as well. And, and the work I'm doing interlinks with absent fathers, loads of things over the years as well. So if we can support dads better for the mental health uh, during this time, and even adverse childhood experiences as well. So we can actually lower those adverse childhood experiences for the next generation. So, and a lot of parents have gone through those experience, trauma, anxiety, before they become parents as well, and haven't even had that support, you know? So, so like you said, you're right. If dad is, you know, dad, baby, you know, same gender parents, everyone should be entitled for the same support. I'm all about gender equality. 100%, 100%. Something that's just jumped out as well, I've almost been sort of, it's, it's been great for me, is this, because I'm sort of thinking back to when my little boy was tiny and, you know, just made me think there was a, it was a conversation me and my missus had just a couple of weeks ago, actually. I was really struggling at one point with, I, I perceived that I wasn't bonding with my child because every time my child cried, he looked to his mum. Every time something went wrong, it went to his mum and I was sort of like, well, I might as well not bloody be here sort of thing, you know, and went through that. Whereas now, my missus is very much of the same well, I don't like football. He's not sitting down with me on an evening and doing this, that, the other. And, you know, just something that's sort of come from my own um, sort of experience from that, that I just want to sort of put in is patience, I think, is massive. You know, I was so frustrated because obviously I'd, 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 this little bundle of magnificence had, you know, arrived in my life and everything else. And I wanted so much to bond with him. And, you know, that bond doesn't have to come like that, does it? It can, you know. It's, and you look at the science, you know, 
Uh, Dr. Anna Mitchin says this really beautifully, and um, you look at the signs that can take, you know, a long. This is the thing with fathers um, as well. I certainly, you know, I think it is overwhelming feeling love for my son when he's born. I was just relieved he was alive because yeah. I thought, I, you know, I was going to lose him and, and, and my wife, obviously, in that time, you know. Um, so, yeah, and obviously that grew. I think when I was home for that six months because I couldn't get to work because my, Michelle was un unwell, and, you know, I was actually you know, skin to skin, you know, doing all this stuff. And um, so that bond did grow then, uh, you know, grew. Um, but certainly that's what we're going to make aware of, that sometimes, you know, it can take a bit longer, but, you know, stick in there, you know, just be involved and um, as best you can. And like you said, it is hard being a parent, you know. we got to talk about the, the, the bad stuff and well, the not so good stuff. And it's okay not to be okay some days when you're a new dad or, or a new mum, you know. And uh, don't put pressure on yourself. I think social media as well, a lot of things pressure. I think we've seen different pressures with COVID as well when fathers haven't been able to go into scans yeah. and support their partners better. So we have seen a bigger increase with antenatal anxiety in fathers at the present, unfortunately. But the benefits will come out, obviously, as well when, when more dads are home. And even when it comes to um, parental leave, you know, unfortunately, parents, you know, we like to see both parents having to spend more time together and support each other and more investment in the early years as they say as well yeah definitely that, that was something that really popped up to me like i said i was thinking about it this morning when i was getting ready thinking oh you know i'm meeting mark today you know things that we could talk about and that was something that popped up you know that two weeks for a dad to spend with his child to bond with his child to do all these different things just isn't enough you know and you just remind me i gotta tell you this because that's the thing with ADHD. the idea comes in and it goes um basically this is one thing uh like i do work with a midwife Sometimes the dad haven't had that uh, practice with the nappy changes and mum's home and dad comes home and, and attention mum may say, oh, give me the nappy baby, you're too slow, or the grandparents. And, and then dad will, you know, okay, you carry on. And you mentioned it just now, you know, oh yeah, you carry on. Yeah. Um, we got to mention, you know, give dads a confidence as well. You know, so antenatal class is really important for dads. Get, you know, build that confidence up and because they don't, you know, the importance of asking this and being involved in the early years as well. Um, you know, there's a good uh, video called The Still Face Experiment on YouTube. Uh, definitely recommend to have anyone to have a look at that. It just says why it's important. And with more, mum is in Parliament now and dads are home, stay at home dads. You know, single dads, you know, society has changed. So is another reason why we have to support fathers during the perinatal period as well, you know. So, yeah, it's great to meet you. you. You get my mind thinking of, uh, yeah, i got to tell you this, so uh, it's, good. it's good. Well, that's, that's what we want. It's okay to talk about these things, you know. Um, yeah, you've just... I had something in mind then, and my train of thought's gone, so, you know. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you this for the research, up to 47 times more risk of suicide in the perinatal period, and that's to do with diagnosis mostly, like, you know, so... So this is all in this evidence now where we, we're trying to change policies and get dads screened like mums. So it yes. is coming. It is coming slowly. We have changed the long-term plan. So fathers will be screened for their mental health, but it's only if mum is in specialist services, perinatal services. My oh. argument is, like we mentioned, sometimes it's only dad. And yes. sometimes you just need that support, like an Andy Man's Club or, or some sort of um, you know education around skin to skin and all that stuff as well. So that's why I love Andy Man's Club because... Um, it, it's some it's it's, it's um you, you catching people where unfortunately as you know you know it, um they, yeah you, sadly that people take their lives um yeah. you know yeah. well if we can reach one man at a time 
it's one, you know, as we always say, it's it's one family that have still got a son. It's one mother that's still got, a, you know, a, one sister that's still got a brother, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's what it's all about. So just as we've talked about Andy's Man Club there, we'll go into what we usually do as part of our podcast, which is jump straight into an Andy's Man Club session. Do this to sort of give guys a bit of a feeling. They might be sort of, you know, heard a little bit about us, but maybe not too sure about what it is that we do and how do the sessions run. This session will run exactly how our session on Monday just ran. We're going to use the same list of questions. I'm going to introduce it in the very same way. Literally everything that Andy's Man Club is is going to be laid out for you guys now to hopefully make one guy sort of go, actually, yeah, do you know what? That's for me. That I'll, I'll go give that a go. Um, and I'll, you know, go give it a try. So welcome to Andy's Man Club. Um, first thing to say is that you know, can talk as much or as little as you feel comfortable to do so. We normally talk about confidentiality, but obviously seeing as though we're on a podcast that's being broadcast to the world, it's not too confidential, but normally our sessions are. Um, it's the three subjects, please, that I could ask us not to discuss. Those would be politics, religion and medication. Politics and religion, obviously two very divisive subjects. What can be the pillar holding one person up can be the very opposite for somebody else. And obviously medication, uh, we're not professionals, so we can't offer any sort of input on that. So we'll go straight in with, how's your week been? Um, my week this week has been really, really good. I've actually massively enjoyed this week. I've uh, I've not been out doing too many different sort of, you know, outward facing things really. I've been doing what I call the hard yards behind the scenes, trying to contact organisations, trying to raise awareness of AMC through, um, you know, trying to set up links and different things like that. But that said, yesterday I had two face-to-face meetings with people. I actually went and met other human beings and did my job with them, um, which was fantastic. Um, and within the areas that I was working with there, um, obviously we touched on, you know, we mentioned Dan Rowe earlier. Dan's now running our Altrincham Club. Um, and I'm trying to do some work to obviously get the Altrincham Club uh, recognised at the moment. So I went and met Trafford Council yesterday. So that was good. Um, and I then went into uh, a bail hostel as well, um, quite local to where we are here in Halifax, to speak to the guys that were in there. Um, so an absolutely banging week for myself, um, on a personal level last weekend, really enjoyed, um, it was the last weekend of the football season and as a football fan of a team who's just recently been promoted, um, well promoted last year, um, we've had a really decent season. So I've massively enjoyed that. And while we're talking about obviously, uh, parental things, the bond between myself and my son since lockdown started, he's massively got into football. Um, I got home from work last night and he was outside in the garden. There's literally no grass left on my lawn anymore. Um, it's literally just a football pitch for him and our dog um, to charge around with each other on. So, yeah, we've uh, I've had a really solid week this week and looking forward to what is now going to be a, a bank holiday weekend where they've promised us a little bit of sun. So, fingers crossed on that. I know this might not be released this week. It'll probably give people an idea of when we recorded it. But, you know, that, that's, that's my week this week. So, Mark, how's your week been? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I watched my son uh, play senior football for the first time, and uh, I was a coach uh, for with him for for years. To so see him and go for all those years, uh, and then now pass him over the the senior. That was great. Did a conference yesterday um, in uh, Africa. That's a good thing online now. It's it's all online. Yeah. You don't have to. Uh, so that was good. Doing a lot of walking exercises. Um, just did a chapter in a book called Dad. It's a new book by uh, music, football, and uh, fatherhood. Uh, that's come out as uh, the chapter that I received the copy of there. Uh, yeah, doing some articles, uh, stuff like that, and, and done a bit of training, obviously, and consultancy now as well for the NHS and stuff. So, um, 
Yeah, it's good. And my wife, obviously, we went out yesterday with our youth club. Uh, we had a couple of tables, social distancing. So it was great to see people from the youth club and the youth club back open now as well. So, um, yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. Brilliant. Really positive couple of weeks there. It's good to hear um, that those things are happening. And like you say, being able to get out and about again and, and do some things that are borderline normal um, just feels in August at the moment, doesn't it? So, um so we'll go on to question number two. Uh, those of you that are familiar with AMC will know that question number two, again, every single week is always what's been one positive from your week. Um, now, for me, on Saturday, this this is a positive out of a negative because my missus wanted to go to Ikea. I know we've just said how good it is when we return to normality, but Ikea is just a step too far for me. Um, most blokes say they love it. I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and I basically said that I've been with my missus now for 15 years and she still asks me my opinion on blinds and curtains and things that I have. You know, they look lovely in my house. Yeah, they look great. Really not bothered what they look like. I honestly, I'm one of those blokes that interior design and all those different types of things do not appeal to me. So we went to Ikea, but the bonus of going to Ikea was that on the way home, um, we come past my grandma's house. Now my grandma's 98. Uh, obviously we've not been able to see her too much over the last year. Um, so I was able to call in and have a cup of tea in the garden with my granny. Um, it was, I think as well, the two hours of the whole weekend that it didn't absolutely bounce down with rain. So we were able to sit in a summer house and a bit of sunshine and my lad was playing spring ball on the garden and things like that. So yeah, it was just a, a really nice couple of hours um, spent after the sheer hell of Ikea. Um, so yeah, that, that's been the positive from my week. What about yourself, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I think... Um... Yeah, Ikea, yeah, I can't do Ikea either, I can't, and uh, gosh, and uh, I've been with Michelle for over 24 years now, never had one argument that I've won, but, uh, <laughs> but on, a, on a thing like, uh, yeah, I, we've don't been doing a lot of walking, my wife works for Mental Health Matters Wales, actually, so um, mm. we don't tend to talk about mental health when we get home, so it's just nice, yeah, we're positive, really, we're just walking up mountains, you know, doing a lot of walking, um, and um, doing the coastline as well, so we did um, Swansea Coastline, um, on the last week so that was good yeah that's a, that was a positive so uh no I, luckily for me uh we we went past ikea so uh it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I could have quite happily gone past ikea and into it as well but you know I, I suppose another bonus of that is that you know i did something for the missus and she got a, a nice trip to ikea out of it and you know I you, you, you had a cheap hot dog as well. So uh, I, mean, well, I skipped the hot dog at the end. I skipped it because <laughs> the queue was phenomenal. So I was like, I'm not standing in that for a hot dog. No, but, uh, um, so we'll come on to question number three then. Question number three again is always, every single week, is there anything you need to get off your chest? I'm in a fortunate position this week. I think if I'd have been asked this question last week, um, irrelevant of being on a podcast, I think I would have absolutely unleashed. Um, I'd had a, a, a bit of a frustrating week last week. Um, in lots of different ways, more personal than uh, than anything else. But yeah, I'd, I'd had a really sort of um, tough, frustrating week, different things offering challenges, and I wasn't really responding to those challenges in the most um, productive way. Whereas this week, I've managed to flip that on its head and, as I said previously, have a really strong and uh, positive week. So I've not really got anything to get off my chest this week. Anything from yourself, Matt? Uh, yeah, I think, um, well, unfortunately, my wife, Michelle, uh, lost, we lost my, my mother-in-law, obviously, my wife, uh, due to lockdown, uh, unexpected, yeah, which unfortunately I found on, on the sofa, and unexpected, you know, she was 63, I, I named it, um, that was, you know, 
So that was that was hard, you know, in October. Obviously, my wife's going through a bit of grief counselling as well and different things after the six months now. Well, it's over six months. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's really, you know, um, something I, I need to get off my chest. Like, really, just say, like, you know, uh, but it's going forward, you know, everything in place, the support's in place. She works for the organisations. So it's all in place. But, yeah, you know, losing that, losing her mum was really tough. And my mother-in-law, you know, um, as well. So um, that was tough. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's all... So that's one thing I want to get off my chest today, which I've done. Well, again, I'm glad that you've had that opportunity too. And, uh, you know, I can only offer you uh, you and your wife our condolences and uh, let us know if there is anything that obviously we can do to help you out with that one. So question four and five, as we're aware, every single week change. Um, so we've got question number four this week is, besides it's okay to talk, which obviously we know is everybody's favourite quote, what is your favourite quote? Uh, now, mine, I could come up with a list of quotes from obscure films that me and my brothers watched growing up to Alan Partridge to various other different comedy shows that, you know, are, are my favourite quotes. But um, I had, uh, do you know what? I had one that um, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to go down a different route. Obviously, I spoke earlier about my love of football and the particular football team that I support have a quote attached to them that's marching on together. Um, I'm a Leeds fan for the, you know, those that oh, aren't. Oh, Leeds. I was waiting. Um, I was waiting, yeah. So, marching on together, like I said, I know that that's obviously something that, you know, has, has been great for me as, as a football fan over the years, but I sort of flipped that when I answered this question the other week and made it into, um, for me, that's about, when you're in a, you know, backs against the wall situation, to know that you've got people around you, reach out to people, speak to people, you know, it's almost not too dissimilar to me for, as it's okay to talk. Do you know what I mean? If you're striding towards a goal and a target, go and stride towards it and there'll be people behind you that are pushing you and pulling you and trying to get you into the same sort of area as well. So that would be mine. Uh, I lost my train of thought that I did have one in my mind um, but I lost my train of thought on it, so I'll go with that one just because it popped up because I talked about football a couple of minutes previously. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> Mark, what is your favourite quote? Yeah, uh, season ticket holders, me and my son with Cardiff City, so um, I won't go too much there. <laughs> so I'm not going to say nothing about Cardiff City at the moment. But um, it was it first game of lockdown last year? You can take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get, get back down there. Honestly, even if the football's bad, I just want to get back down there now. But um, but um, yeah, do you know a quote? Yeah, never look down on anyone unless you're helping them up. And, really? Um, the other one I would always say: if you're going to buy two things, buy the best bed or best pair of shoes. Because if you're not in one, you're in the other. Yeah. Definitely. I love both of those. And, you know, just going with that one, that's something else that's, uh, that's sort of resonated is the sort of buy cheap, buy twice. It's something that, that I've had a conversation with my missus this week. I think it was while we were in Ikea. She sort of turned around and says, oh, it's only cheap. I says, yeah, you buy cheap, you buy twice. Um, so, you know, that, that, that sort of fits with that one. Um, okay. Uh, question number five this week uh, is, and it's always a quick fire is question number five. What would your specialist subject be on Mastermind? Oh, so are you, you going first, then? I'll go first. Yeah, again, the facilitator always sort of goes first in AMC. So, my specialist subject on Mastermind would probably be some sort of useless sport fact. I'm going to go with. Um, 
probably obscure 90s footballers, just, you know, random 90s footballers and, you know, the clubs that they might have played for. Um, when this question was asked in the club a couple of weeks ago, I was in a club when one of the guys turned around and said that throughout lockdown, something they'd been doing was screenshotting Wikipedia articles about footballers and just sending them as, you know, who's this, who's this, who's this? And it's something that me and my mates have started doing. Since they said it in that session, it's something we've started doing. And we just love it because it's, it's oh, you sort of sit there and go, bloody hell, he, he played for, you know, Bradford City and Man United and Middlesbrough. Who's who's this? Um, but yeah, it, it would be something like that. Um, I don't think it'd be a specialist subject on Mastermind. It'd probably have to be its own standalone quiz show. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm these footballers I'm going to go with. Um, yeah, I think um, it's got to be the life and times of Georgie Best. I think um, I seen I met Georgie Best years ago um, yeah. at a Puff Call. Funny enough, it was Puff Call Rugby Club. Was it Puff Call? Yeah. Puff Call Football Club. Sorry, the Football Club. Oh, yeah. Puff Call Football Club. Yeah, uh, we were running it uh, in the high tide in Puff Call, and we met you know the gentleman's evening sort of thing. You know, uh, yeah. comedian, and uh, so yeah, so I've always been a fan of George Best, and so. Um, uh, yeah, so life and times of Georgie Best. Yeah, he actually played for, uh, I can't even pronounce it, Norton, Nottingham, Nuneaton. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he played for uh, Bournemouth. A lot of clubs people don't know about as well. So uh, Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he just gets focused on that team that play in red that, you know. Um, <laughs> we go there. Well, we can go there well, after the result recently, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm sure there might be some Man United fans listening. If you need to go to AMC, then feel free to do so. Um, so that is basically as an AMC runs those two questions at the end change every single week and you know obviously myself and Mark obviously two sport fans we've talked quite a lot about sport in there and things like that but there will be guys there that will talk about motor racing or you know anything you know I, I sat in a, a session a couple of years ago where one guy spoke about his specialist subject on Mastermind would have been jewellery making um, and it, do you know what I mean? And he was sat next to a lad whose specialist subject was something like monster trucks and things like that, but they were still just getting on on such a level. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the range of answers that you normally get when you've got a group bigger than two um, is, is quite staggering. So that's exactly as an Andy's Man Club works. So hopefully um, somebody will see that and sort of go, yeah, actually, it's not as, not as scary as I possibly think it might be. So Exactly, yeah, exactly. You're, you're right. Definitely, if there's anyone out there, just do it. Honestly, just do it. Love that, love that. Right then, Mark, we're going to come on to um, the, the the finisher that we always use as part of our podcast, which is our three, two, one. Um, and that is three ways that you promote positive mental health, two pieces of advice that you'd like to share with us, and one thing that made you smile or laugh recently. So I'm going to put you on the spot and come straight in with your three ways that you promote positive mental health. Yeah, emotional well-being, yeah, you know, it, it, um, as in, like, on social media or to people? Any way at all, you know, it could be things that you do for yourself, things that you would... Oh, make yeah, yeah, for myself, food. yeah, so I go, yeah, so I got, I got, like, a checklist I have, like, so, for instance, if I'm, you know, eating well, uh, you know, if I'm, over, you know, working too much, those sort of things, so I check in myself, uh, and then I write things down as well, you know, so if there's any thoughts and, and like, CBT, that works for me, you know, like I said... Uh, I'm very person-centered. What, what might not work for you might not work, you know, for, for me something. Yeah. But that, that works for me, like, for instance. So, uh, yeah, I'm exercise, walking, um, you know, like I said, emotional. We all got, uh, you know, and sometimes it can be bad, can't it, sometimes. And um, it's knowing those triggers and knowing when to actually take a step back and think, okay, let's, 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 let's have a look at this and, 
change our our you know way way we way we doing things I should say as well. So and even speaking, you know, getting that uh, offloading as well. Yeah. Love those three massive uh, ways of promoting positive mental health there, Matt. Thank you for those. Two pieces of advice that you'd like to share. And they can be pieces of advice on anything at all. Anything. Not for um, mental health. What's your mental health? Um, yeah. Um, you'd like them to be, but they can be literally anything. It can be anything. don't eat let us know if you want. Oh gosh. Um bit advice. I, I, don't suffer in silence. I know everyone says that, but a lot of them, but seriously, don't let it get to the point where um yeah it can get uh the crisis so it's like, you know speak to somebody you know speak to somebody and make sure like i said go to an Andy man's club and um yeah yeah don't do what i've done well i've learned learned and you know and uh, that's why i try to promote as well don't suffer in silence you know brilliant and one more one more piece of advice one more advice um educate yourself as well especially on parents you know parents and you know um Education. Uh, education is power, Nelson Mandela said once. So uh, educate yourself about it. And, you know, about mental health in general, you know, well, and I will stop the stigma on, on people talking. Definitely. Definitely. I, I love both of those. They're definitely something that I'll uh, I'll make sure get pushed out there when we promote this podcast because I think they're really powerful. Um, and just to finish off, one thing that's made you laugh or smile recently. Oh, God, be... I shouldn't say this really. My, my son, um, I'm in the attic, and I, as I, and he's even actually taller me. He's a good uh, centre half, like, and uh, as he's going down the stairs, I say, "Watch it!" And he, yeah, he banged his head. Like, I shouldn't laugh, but it, and where he is as well, because his ears are, yeah, he's a typical. Um, it didn't hurt him anyway, but um, but yeah, yeah, and he, he does the same to me. He laughs if I do st- uh, silly things as well. So we got a bit of banter going on, we have. Let's go. Love it, love it. Uh, always great to finish on uh, a positive there. So thank you so, so much for joining us today, Mark. It's been a massively powerful... Um, oh, I've enjoyed it, Andy. Honestly, it's gone quick. I really enjoyed it. And uh, fun, I just want to say thanks, you know, for everyone, what they do in Fanny Man's Club and, and um, it's such a need for... I, I You know, I'm always um, telling people about... Uh, you know, different areas I, I go in. And actually, Andy Mann's Club is actually in this report I did as well. That's what we like to hear. It's actually here somewhere. Um, here it is. Uh, Andy Mann's Club. It's the top one. Oh, I don't think you can see it there. Actually, on the website. So, yeah, I'm always promoting Andy Mann's Club. So, it's good. Love that. Thank you so, so much. Um, and thank you to everybody that's tuned in and, and taken a bit of time aside um, to listen to what me and Mark have had to say today. I think it's, uh, as I say, I think it's been a really powerful and positive uh, last sort of 40, 45 minutes that we spent together. So thanks to everybody that's listened. Anybody that has checked out that little section in the middle and is now interested in getting along to a club, they're all open Monday night, 7pm, except bank holidays. Um, no referral, no registration, no signing in, no cost, no obligation to speak. You can turn up there, grab a brew, sit and talk as much or as little as you feel comfortable to do so um, and hopefully leave feeling a little bit more brighter than when you arrived and with a little bit of a smile on your face. So just to sign off then, Mark, there's only one thing that we can do, isn't that we can only just say it's okay to talk. I got a broken finger, I have. <laughs> <laughs> do that, lad, you <laughs> so, no, Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much. It's great, honestly. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pleasure, mate. Thank you so, so much. <laughs>